we find ourselves in New York City. It's the middle of the day, and the streets are hopping. A well-dressed young couple is walking outside of their apartment when they encounter a guy in a baseball hat. He's carrying a homemade CD and is trying his best to sell his music to anyone who will stop and listen to him. You look like a beautiful couple, the guy in the baseball hat says. You like rap, hip-hop? This stuff is deep, lyrical, poetic. The well-dressed man rolls his eyes. You've been outside of our building for two weeks now, he responds. You know what? I'll take it, if you leave us alone. The man in the baseball hat holds his hand up to his heart. I appreciate it, he says, and leaves the well-dressed couple with their privacy as well as their new CD. Hours later, with his girlfriend in the shower, the well-dressed man pops the CD into his laptop but can't seem to get it to play. He tries to rip the CD, and then he tries to copy it, but nothing works. Frustrated, the man throws the CD away, complaining to his girlfriend, who has now emerged from the shower and is standing right behind him. Now, what they didn't know was that the rapper was not in fact a rapper at all. He was a hacker. And the reason they couldn't get the CD to play any music is that the CD didn't contain any music. Instead, it contained a piece of malware. Something that all the way across the city, a hacker was beginning to take full advantage of. And the first thing he would do is activate the couple's webcam, giving the hacker full access to track and spy on their every move. That is a scene from the first season of the TV show, Mr. Robot, quite possibly the greatest show ever about hacking because pretty much every hack on that show is based on something that could happen in real life. And it's not the first time we've talked about Mr. Robot on this podcast, mainly because in terms of hacking, Mr. Robot tends to get it right. And what I love so much about this scene, as well as the whole show, is that it shows us hacking from the perspective of the hacker. Personally, I've been hacked a bunch of times on this podcast, but as the victim, I don't often get to see it from the hacker's perspective. And that's what we're going to do today. We are going to peek behind the curtain of a hack, like the one they did in Mr. Robot, to see exactly what the hacker gets to see. And what I'm hoping to find out is once a hacker gets into my computer, from their perspective, what can they actually do? What's the worst case scenario? We're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete, but will it work? Shake hands with danger. I'm Jeff Siskin, and I'm joined, as always, by Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Jeff. How are you today? I am good. I'm very excited, actually. I'm more than good. I'm double good because one of my New Year's resolutions was to get you back on the show, not just to talk (laughs) cybersecurity, but actually do something, Bruce. It's been a while since you've actually done a demo on the show, because today you are going to take us behind the curtain into the mind of a hacker and and show us from the hacker's POV how these things work. Yeah, I kind of feel like Penn and Teller. You know, isn't that their game where they, (laughs) they they show how the trick's done, but then they do something that's even a little bit better? So which, who's who? 
Um, oh, that's a good point. I think we're both talking, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, it's a bad analogy, so yeah. Okay, before we get into the the meat of what you've planned, I, I want a little bit of, of context. Uh-huh. And I know you described what we were going to do as a a rat yes is that, do i have that right so what what is a rat so it's either remote access tool or remote administration tool depending on how you want to say it okay and it's basically a tool that lets you control a computer remotely i'm, I'm trying to think of uh demos we've done in the past where i guess this was used like is ransomware a rat is no that... so this was remember the okay. one with um the avril lavigne page yeah so we did uh the world's most dangerous celebrity who is avril lavigne that's right a year or two ago and we down, yeah, we downloaded some Avril Lavigne photos or something that right. had malicious code on them. Yep. And then from that malicious code, what 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 happened? What took place after you downloaded that? Uh... Yeah, it was a picture, and I and I think the hacker was then able to access my stuff. Right. So he was able to look on your desktop and you know see what you were typing and take screenshots and and things like that. Right. And then the worst thing was I didn't even get uh, my Avril Lavigne pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I will say that I think with, with this tool, I could actually put Avril Lavigne pictures on your desktop for you. I, no, no need. I'm good. Uh, you sure? But, but, so that that was a remote access tool. Is that the, yes. the hacker had remote access to my computer? Right. Absolutely. Because I mean, there's a couple things that that a hacker is going to want to do, and one of them is is use your computer as basically a zombie, right? As, okay. As, as an, a tool to launch more attacks, right? Either to launch a spam campaign or even to launch a distributed denial of service attack, right? Which is basically the way they do that is they infect a bunch of computers and all have them send traffic towards a particular website or a service that they want to shut down because that site gets inundated with traffic, right? And the okay. way they can do that is they can actually have a bunch of systems being controlled by one computer and you can send a command to all of those systems saying, launch your attack now or whatever. Oh, okay. So that's one of the things that they'll do. Or... If they wanted to get really personal, then they could actually use a remote access tool or a rat to go in and basically dig around on your computer and, and pretty much take a look at everything that's on there. Before you get into your demo, I want to play something for you. As you know, I'm I'm a bit of a history nerd, uh-huh. and our story producer, Pedro, is also a history nerd. And so, so when we heard that you were going to prepare this demo, we kind of thought to ourselves, viruses, we think about them all the time, but they had to have started somewhere. And so we wanted to find that moment where the first virus was created. And so we dug way back in the story archives all the way to the 1970s to the story of the creeper versus the reaper. And so Pedro is going to tell us that story, and, and I want to play that for you now. Excellent. If you've ever watched a Scooby-Doo cartoon, or a Scooby-Doo movie, or a Scooby-Doo video game, you've probably seen this one recurring villain. His skin is gray, his back is hunched, and he wears an oversized green suit. His name is The Creeper. And he was the inspiration for the world's first computer virus. Well, actually, it was only his name that was the inspiration, not his gray skin or the hunchback or anything like that. And to be honest, the creeper virus was more like the world's first worm. But whatever. Back to the story. In the early 70s, Bob Thomas was a developer working on the cutting edge of emerging technology, which included the ARPANET. The ARPANET was one of the first computer networks, a precursor to the Internet. It was also the perfect testing ground for an idea that had been around for decades, the idea of self-replicating automata. 
or in less old-timey vernacular, programs that could replicate themselves without human assistance. In 1971, Thomas created his automata. He installed it on a mainframe computer connected to the ARPANET and set it free. The program was dead simple, but also a massive innovation. It would pop up a message on the computer screen, take over the attached printer, and start printing a file. Halfway through, it would stop itself, pack up all its files, and move on to the next mainframe on the network. Pop up the same message and take over that computer's printer. Over and over and over again. The message that popped up was like something out of a kid's nursery rhyme. I'm the creeper. Catch me if you can. In truth, the creeper was not malicious. It was never intended to be. While some claim it crowded out other programs and messed with printers, it was mostly just annoying. But as it kept spreading itself from mainframe to mainframe, could it grow? From annoying to truly dangerous? Could anyone stop it? And how, exactly, do you stop the first computer virus? Enter programmer Ray Tomlinson, one of Bob Thomas's co-workers. Catching the creeper became Tomlinson's mission. And he had to do it without a psychedelic van or a talking dog. Instead, he attacked the virus from within. Tomlinson hacked the worm itself and wrote an enhanced version. His version truly replicated itself across the ARPANET instead of just jumping from system to system. And each time it did, it destroyed any copy of the Creeper it found. Tomlinson called his program the Reaper. Over the next little while, inside mainframe computers across the US, the Creeper and the Reaper did battle. And in the end, the Reaper was victorious. The Creeper was dead. And in the process, Tomlinson unknowingly created the world's first antivirus software. As a side note, Ray Tomlinson also came up with another bit of iconic computer programming. He invented email. That was Pedro Mendez telling the story of the Creeper versus the Reaper. That's a great story. I, I really enjoyed that one. Well, what I love is it is a real great example of just a good old nerd fight. <laughs> in, in the purest sense. All right, Bruce, I know you need a moment just to get your demo set up. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that I have everything set up on my end. And just to be transparent, we are thousands of miles away from each other. So we're doing this uh, remotely as a hacker and victim normally would. Right. So I'm going to get set up and I will meet you back in a moment for your demo of uh, seeing a virus through the eyes of a hacker. Let's go. So Bruce, I have my laptop mm -hmm. set up in front of me. And I must say my laptop by this point in the show, has been very, very, very <laughs> badly abused. And, and I have a feeling it's going to continue to be badly abused as you infect it with whatever evil hacker plans you have. But uh, just be gentle. I don't know how much more she could take of this. I will. I will. This is, this is pretty low impact when it really comes down to things. And I know that, you know, there's all sorts of ways you could have gotten this onto my machine, whether, as you described, whether it's a drive-by or a phishing email. In the interest of expediency, you've just sent me an email with a file. Yeah, so I, I basically just sent you this executable. Now, the tool I'm using, it has the ability to attach this executable to any sort of other file, right? So I okay. could basically, if I had thought about it ahead of time, I would have found a, a nice Avril Lavigne picture for you <laughs> uh, to to attach to this this file. But instead, I just 
sent you a file, changed the icon to look, you know, nice like fluffy clouds. So it would be yeah. uh, harmless looking. All right. Well, I'm going to trust that you're not sending me anything evil. And I'm going to double click <laughs> on it and open. Okay. And it's installing. And so for those, the, the listeners at home, we're, I'm sharing my desktop so, so that Jeff can see what's going on on, on my side. Yeah. So as, as I'm doing this, I'm sorry. And, oh, okay. There's a pop-up. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's have some fun. Was what, uh, what it says <laughs> on my screen right now. So I guess, I guess we're ready to go. Right. And so I'm looking at your screen and, and, and what th- am I looking at? There you are. So you can see, this is the list of computers that, that, that are infected. And for sake of alibis and law enforcement, I, I want you to verify that there's only one system. Yes. So it's only you have only infected my computer. You are not. You don't have a evil zombie computer farm. Right. Are. And so what would happen? And so I, I've done this from you know in in a testing location where I can have multiple systems infected. And so you just basically will get a huge list of all the all the different systems that are infected here. You can see. The, the IP address of where they're connecting from. You can see the computer name, what operating system it's running. You can actually even see how much RAM it has available, how much memory is being used oh. currently. Oh, that's um, so interesting. So this is all my computer, that you're, you're seeing all of the stats of my computer. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I want you to do this, but I get to ask you anyway. Can you, can you run a command on my computer? Can I see what that looks like? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You've got something that's called fun functions. Okay. <laughs> so this this one I really appreciate this this menu for uh, it, it's called the fun manager. Yep. And the fun manager can do things like hide the desktop. So watch this. Let's yep. hide it. Oh. So you just <laughs> wait, wait a second, stop, stop. So you've just you <laughs> by pressing the fun manager and hide desktop, you just gotten rid of all of my desktop icons yep yep and it and gets even better watch here watch in the bottom corner i can't believe this is happening in front of me see the clock oh so you've, <laughs> you just, wait okay this is amazing so you are i don't know why this surprises me but it does and it also delights me the fact that you're thousands of miles away and you can just erase the clock that's on the bottom corner of my screen and then bring it back yeah Fun and then functions. all the task okay. items that were going on like all the little things that run in the corner. Oh, all the little things, whether my audio's on, how my battery's doing. So these are just, these are like hijinks. Like this yeah, is it's just, absolutely this is you being a jerk is what this is. It really is. See, yeah. there's the taskbar going away. You can hide my taskbar. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but then there's also things like, well, this is kind of going a little bit the way of the dinosaur, but you've got an open CD and closed CD button. Okay. Can so you, you I actually, I have a CD tray on this. All right. Can so you, can you do it? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's just, I don't know why that amazes me. I think it's because a physical thing happened. I know, the CD cool. popped out of my computer from thousands of miles away. Then you can start getting into the more business time, right? Sort of things, right? So I can do like a remote shell, right? Which is basically, you know, when you put pop up like a command window on your, your computer. Yes, this um, is the, the, the Matrix gobbledygook screen. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I'm basically, I have I have access like as if I just opened up a window on your your system, and I can pretty much type any command and have them executed. 
So you're just you're operating my system remotely, right? You know, sort of getting under the curtain of the nice looking Windows interface and actually able to control my computer, right? Fully. So, for example, I could do a real simple command. Um, I could type something like echo hello to hello.txt. Send that command oh. through, and you notice. On your desktop, a there's little, a little uh, a little file just popped up that said hello.txt, a little text file. Oh, and, and there it is. It says hello. So you've you've just through the command line or whatever sent me a little uh-huh. text file, which I guess says hello, and that's friendly. But I guess you could have also said something less friendly. And more to the point, I mean, I I, I can pretty much do anything I need on your computer through this this command line, right? I could copy files, I could upload files, I could basically okay. peruse your whole wow. desktop and copy anything I want, right? And that's okay. that's fairly manual, right? You can also go through and take a look at all of the stored passwords on this computer, right? So passwords that are stored, you know, in Chrome or stored in, in, in whatever format really? around the, the system, you could go ahead and, and pull that out, right? So this is every time you know, my browser says, do you want to save this password? This is saved somewhere. And Mr. Hacker, AKA you, you have access to all these now mm-hmm. with this tool. Right. Wow. So here's the really fun ones, right? So this is the <laughs> ones that- i sorry, I, I, I somehow thought that we were at the worst, but okay, let's, <laughs> let's keep going then. My so, um, so this one you'll see here, it's the webcam <gasps> capture. Oh my. Right. So, you know, where you could very easily go through and, you know, set it up to capture frames from, from your webcam. Okay, so you've just opened up a screen that says, uh, oh my God. This is, oh. <laughs> so it says webcam driver, and then there's a, a box underneath. Oh my God. And, and there is, there, that's from my webcam, and I can now even see the green light on my webcam. Yep. And see your on. lovely face staring into <laughs> Thank you. this box here. Looking um, terrified. And, you know, of course, you can increase the image quality, right? So I can get a better webcam capture. Uh, I look uh, best this. at like 20% quality. I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's possible. Like what, a very what's your, pixelated. What's your frames grainy. per second do you like? You yeah, know, yeah. 30? Approximately two, fra- two frames per second, 20% <laughs> image quality. That's my good side. Um, and then so that you see the lights on. Um, and that's because I, I didn't actually take the time to download the module that turns the light off. So okay. there is there is a plug-in. <laughs> a plugin for this this remote access tool that would basically allow the webcam capture to take place without having the telltale light turn on uh, on your webcam. Wow. And so of course we all have our our stickers that we put over the webcam, right? Of course, which is of course. all the rage now, but it's it's basically the sound capture. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say you could have something where a hand comes out and peels off the sticker <laughs> on your webcam. It, it vibrates the, the computer at a, exactly, enough to just slide. A certain thing. Okay, so this is sound capture. And this yeah. is something I've, I've always had a problem with because I'm probably not alone here. I have a little webcam cover that generally goes over my right. webcam. I have no idea where the microphone is on my computer. Right, and, and most people don't. And so, and, and that's, you know, I think we focus on the webcam but in reality, from a from a hacker's perspective or a cyber criminal's perspective, the uh, recording the audio, I think, is is going to br- provide a lot more value. This is from a business laptop, 
you know, and you're in a meeting recording the conversations that are going on there versus, you know, just having a bunch of pictures of yourself staring at your laptop. That's, I, th- I think this is the real danger is, is when you start looking at recording the microphone. Can we just record uh, a few seconds of me? Uh, and then I'd like to, you know, just play it back just to see what it sounds like. Sure. Uh, and then I'd like to, you know, just play it back just to see what it sounds like. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, I guess that, that is what happened. That is, uh, that is interesting to think about the value of audio as opposed to video. Yeah. And that that's probably is where the goods are. And I certainly don't do anything to protect myself from that. And then also, this is probably not surprising considering what we've just done. But let's take a look at this option, which is the screen capture. Okay, so you just capture. Oh, so you just taken a screen capture of what's on my screen right now. Right. So you could just, over the chorus of some day, just take random screen captures or, you know, when 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 juicy stuff is happening on my screen, you could take screen caps of that and then just have a record of, of yep. what I'm working on. Yeah. And then also, you see this little video game controller here, the control yep. option. Okay. Right? So I click that, control mouse clicks and control keyboard. So now I'm on your computer. Yeah. Come on. There we go. Oh, so so you're actually, you've taken control of my computer now. You just opened up a window that I didn't do anything about. Yeah, and you see how I'm selecting? You don't see my yeah. mouse, but you can I can't see... see your, yeah, I can't see the cursor, but I can see you opening up various things on my mouse. You've taken control. Effectively, I've got all the control I need of your system right here. So this piece of software that I'm seeing on your machine... Um, what, what, I have so many questions. Like what, what is it? Where do I get it? Who creates this kind of thing? What, like, what, what am I looking at? So, so this one's called Dark Comet and I, and I like it. I think it's, it's a pretty robust uh, tool. You know, a lot of these tools were developed as remote access tools, right? So maybe think about like, you know, your parents calling and asking for help with the, uh, you know, getting their email set up or whatever, whatever random thing it is. I think about that on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, it was kind of developed along that lines. Right. And okay. from, to be realistic, I mean, this is probably better than most options out there. Right. Cause I've got full access to the system. Uh, but it's got actually got a bit of a, a sorted past. Right. So okay. it actually has a link to the Syrian conflict, uh, in 2014. Uh, the, a lot of activists in Syria were using, encrypted communication, encryption through Skype and and other methods to bypass the censorship the Syrian government was putting on the internet. And so the Syrian government actually used rats, including this one, remote access tool, including Dark Comet, to infect the systems of those activists and spy on them. And it actually led to the arrest of a lot of activists that were were taking place uh, during this conflict. Oh, that's chilling. Yeah, so in, so in fact, once it was actually linked to the, the Syrian regime, the developer of Dark Comet, he stopped developing the tool. He never thought it would be a tool for the government to spy on the people. And so he just stopped development. He's like, if I had known that, I never would have created this tool. And so, as we mentioned at the beginning, the purpose of this episode is not to be a, a, a hacker 101 how-to guide so that people can go out and do this. But I'm just curious... Where does one get a 
rat like this? Where where do you get dark comet from? You can find a lot of these on ethical hacking sites. Okay. So there are a lot of sites that will teach people, you know, what's called white hat hacking or ethical hacking as a way to strengthen their own security. That's actually how I got into this side of, of, of things is, you know, early on in my career, I wanted to make sure that the security that I put on the, the networks I was building was solid, right? So I started researching the ways to get around it, right? And started building, yeah. you know, building out the, the, my defenses. So this will be interesting because normally you're not the cybersecurity expert and the, and the, hacker, and the, guest. And the hacker itself. <laughs> so Bruce Snell... I need you to put on your cybersecurity expert hat for a moment. And I need I'll, I'll take off my hoodie. Take off your hoodie, put on your cybersecurity expert hat. So what can I do to protect myself from things like this program you've inflicted on my machine? These things take advantage of bugs, right? They take advantage of vulnerabilities in the system. So the number one way to to get around these and and to prevent against these is to patch your systems. Right? Make sure that you know, all your operating system and all your applications are up to date. But then there's also things like drive-by malware that you can get infected with by just simply going to a website. And so that's where you need yeah. security software running as kind of a, as, as a backup, as a second line of defense to, to the patching. Those are really the two major things. And then, of course, the third one, which, you know, I, is always on my list, which is, you know, be skeptical, right? Make sure that... When you're clicking on links, they're actually from people that you think intended to send them. Verify that things that you're downloading are actually what you intend. So if you get a, a PDF saying that you know you you've won something and you have to open this up and you have no idea what's going on, maybe <laughs> yes. don't don't uh, open it. But yeah, just be be suspicious and and make sure that you're not clicking on things that you shouldn't be clicking on. And and one word of advice for if if you're listening to this podcast and you decide to go out and start looking into ethical hacking and and downloading remote access tools like this or rats like this. There are a lot of sites out there that have these rats available that are infected with malware. That Why does that not surprise me? That yeah, seems so, <laughs> so they say, oh yeah, this free hacking tool, go ahead and download it and it's infected and you actually become part of a botnet. So wow. make sure that one, you're using it from a fairly reliable source, but two, do like what I'm doing, which is I'm running this in a virtual machine that is very separated off from the rest of my computer, right? So oh, okay. So make sure that, you know, if you, if you start looking into these sort of things that you're doubly suspicious and, and doubly careful of the things that you download. Okay, well, let me just make sure I have this straight. For myself personally, I don't think I'm going to download one of these tools. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disregard that and concentrate my attention on the other ones that I think I can get my head around. Um, though it looks Cool. I like the pranks part of what you could do. That would be fun to do <laughs> that fun. I can just do that to my kid and just, you know, screw it on his computer. So what you would recommend is uh, the classic, just keep your system up to date and not only your uh -huh. operating system, but all of your apps. Just make right. sure that you have all of the patches so that there are no holes in your security that way. Drive-by malware, which I hadn't thought a lot about uh, before. Um, be careful with the web pages you visit. And security software uh, is a good line of defense uh, for that kind of thing. And then... Just be suspicious and skeptical about the things that you open and make sure that they are what they are supposed to be. And if they're not, don't open them. Right. Absolutely. Okay. You got it. Okay. Uh, Bruce, this was, uh, this was awesome. I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed demoing something with you again. This was <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it's fun. 
It's great. Maybe I convince you to do this again, not just once every 20 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> if folks are interested in finding more about tools like the one you demoed today, both from the ethical hacker perspective as well as from the consumer perspective, somebody like me who got attacked, there's a bunch of good stuff on our website at hackablepodcast.com. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode where we will attempt to hack a smart TV, and I'm totally curious to see how that goes. Until then, this is Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee, Bruce Snell. It's always a pleasure, sir. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs>